Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Once again, we are so glad that you are here tonight and that you've chosen to come and worship our God with us. We are beginning our series uh, formally on not just children's stories, uh, why it is that we study the accounts of the Old Testament that maybe we only would teach in uh, our Bible classes. And I know that I've already done one lesson on Genesis chapter 1 this year, but I hope it is that this lesson will be uh, simple enough that it is that you can replicate it with maybe some friends that don't necessarily believe in God. You see, what it is is, folks, we are fighting a collective battle against those who would say there is no God, there's no higher power, and they have ramped up their attacks and their forces as never before. In fact, we've removed God out of our classrooms, out of our schools. We've removed God out of our textbooks. And if there was some kind of magic gun to where it is that some would have it and they would remove God from the collective consciousness of all mankind, they would absolutely use a gun like that. But it is, folks, that we cannot fight the fact that, and we cannot deny the fact, that just as Paul mentioned on Mars Hill, God has placed within each one of us a desire for uh, the eternal. It is that he's caused us uh, to, to want to grope for him, just like men groping around in the darkness, even though Paul says in that context that he is not far from any one of us. And so with our time this evening, briefly, I want to give you five words, five reasons to believe the biblical account of creation. And again, I want to make it uh, uh, simple enough that our children, the very ones that we had just up here just a moment ago doing our, our kids sing, I wanted to make it to where they can understand and where it is that they can argue from these five words effectively against those who might say that there is no God. Word number one is the word intelligence. Intelligence. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, makes simple that which mankind alone cannot understand. In the beginning, there was this intelligence, Elohim. There was this divinely sovereign power, this divinely sovereign force that began everything. At the very beginning where God said, go, time began, and God began acting upon this world and upon the elements that we know. And so it is that we look at our lives and we look at things and, and we know that these things didn't happen by accident. If I can, reason from a bag of Legos. <laughs> but you never thought you'd hear that in a sermon. If I'm walking along in creation and I find out in the middle of a pasture somewhere a bag of Legos and they're laying there in the pasture, you know what my first thought is, is that these obviously happen by accident. These obviously happen to be there, and it just so happens that the forces around them formed this bag and formed all the little pieces inside and put the instruction book just so and made it to where all these things came together in this one simple little sealed bag. You know, what the Bible says is that by Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1, the host and the heavens, everything in it was finished. That is, the bag was sealed. But truly, you know, and I know that we cannot have a design like Legos without what? A designer. And we who argue from this word or these two words, intelligent design, what have we been told is the opposite of those things? What's the opposite of intelligent design? It's a word, evolution. 
And we want to say that the opposite of intelligent design is evolution. But if you take the word simply intelligent and design, and I want to take the word intelligent, I want to find the exact opposite. You know what word hippo says? It says it's ineptness. It says it's stupidity. It says it's randomness. If I want to take the word design and I want to find the opposite of that, you know what the word design opposite is, is destruction. In essence, what they're trying to get us to believe in, besides intelligent design, is not evolution. It's random incompetentness. It's random destruction. It's random uh, incompetent randomness. That is, that this bag of Legos, sealed and designed very specifically, just happened by accident. More on that here in just a moment. The word is intelligence. Brothers and sisters, you sit here this evening as an intelligent being, thinking with your mental capacities that, that you have, and thinking with your reasoning abilities, and maybe writing with your hand on a sheet of paper that you can look at, and uh, using your auditory nerves to receive this information as an intelligent person. If you are an intelligent person, somebody somewhere up the food chain is going to tell you that you came from incompetent randomness. That is that your intelligence is just a, an accident, a cosmic occurrence that has never occurred again. Just like that bag of Legos laying out there in the middle of nature. Intelligence. Mankind for years has tried to reason from the aspect and say, well, if there is no God, how did we get here? How did this happen? And you know what? Every single one of their theories, every single one of their uh, hypotheses has failed over the course of time. And even now, you find scientists that are more and more turning against what we know as the Big Bang Theory and say, you know what? That couldn't have ever possibly happened because of the evidence that they see but they refuse to acknowledge that there is a God. Word number one is intelligence. Word number two is the word design. The word design. We are purposed to fit together. God said, let there be. And as God began, day one, day one, God made light when there was none. Day two, day two, God made seas and skies so blue. As God begins to logically go through and create all these different things, the animals, the plant life, uh, mankind, and uh, the birds and the fish and all these things, he does so in a very logical manner, but he does so, folks, in a way that causes it to fit. If I were just to stumble across these, and I'd never seen them before, they are my children's Legos, I found many of them on a dark night, you know, with my toes. And mercy, I tell you, that there's no pain like Lego pain. But if I had never stumbled across these, literally or figuratively, and I was looking at them and I could see that they all had these bumps on them. And I could see that this piece seemed to have the same bumps at the same regular intervals, the same regular patterns. And I might begin to try and fool with them and play with them until it was that I said, hey, aha. Uh -huh. It seems like these pieces were made to fit together. I like to keep fish. I like to keep fish. I've got a fish tank that I'm trying to cycle through in my, in my office. But you know what? There are some times that my fish and the water are not compatible. You know why? Because I've got my pH too high. I've got my alkalides off. And I've got all these things. The nitrates are too high. You know what's going to happen when the fish are, are like that? Fish are going to go belly up. If it is that the pH and all those things, the alkali, the ammonia, the nitrates, all of those things are not just right, those fish are not going to survive in that environment. Now you're telling me, sometime, millions, billions of years ago, 
everything was just right to create life. And everything in that situation was just right to create life, but the environment was just so in order to sustain life, and I can't even keep my pH right in my fish tank. I can't even keep it from killing my fish, and I've killed them all, honestly. And you're looking at this, and you're telling me that everything, all of the elements were fitted just so, just by random, incompetent randomness. There's not just intelligence, but folks, we can see design. The fact that you're sitting here, the fact that you are an intelligent being demands that there was intelligence before you and demands that you, being a designed being, have a designer. Nobody would ever say that this Lego bag just came into existence. They would say, ah, oh, look at the design, look at the little bumps, look at the pieces, look at the way that they've uh, colored exactly what ought to be here on the outside of the bag. There's not just design. But there is a designer. And as God created the world and all that's in it, you begin to see things like the ecosystem and how it is that all of these things depend on one another. About how it is that the sun gives light to the plants and how the plants take that uh, carbon dioxide that's in the environment and they, they absorb that through the process of photosynthesis and the sun gives light and, and all of the rainwater that, that comes down from the sky just soaks down into the ground and, and comes up into the trunk and goes out through the leaves and out through the branches and, uh, and is able to cause that plant to grow to be able to convert more uh, pho- uh, through the process of photosynthesis more and more CO2 to more oxygen. And you're saying that this happened just by... Incompetent randomness. All of these things in this system, in this process, in this world that we live in, is continually able to support your life and my life. And it hasn't changed over the course of the earth being here. The same life that the Lord allows the earth to stand another thousand years. Lord still says that there's going to be people alive when Christ comes in First Thessalonians chapter 4. But we understand that it has been beautifully designed by an intelligence. Understand this also. This man, Frederick Hoyle, is a man that worked at the Cambridge, uh, uh, the Cambridge University Institute. He was a British scientist and he worked at the Cambridge Institute of Astronomy. Mr. Hoyle decided that he was going to try and calculate the odds. He was a numbers man. He was going to try and calculate the odds of the simplest functioning protein molecule happening by chance or accident in just a primordial soup. Okay, Think billions and billions of years ago of this protein beginning to form by accident. Mr. Hoyle did the numbers. He did the math. And you know what he discovered was? He discovered, he said, that life can't have had a random beginning. He says the trouble is that there are about 2,000 enzymes, and the chance of obtaining them all at a random trial is only, in one part is only 10 to the 40,000 power. You know what that is? That's 10 with 40,000 zeros behind it. He said an outrageously small probability that couldn't be faced even if the whole universe consisted of organic soup. You want to know what that looks like, a 10 with 40,000 zeros. Imagine this. Mr. Hoyle said, imagine that if I gave a Rubik's Cube to a blind person, And I give this Rubik's Cube to a blind person, and I tell them to work it. Imagine just for a moment that that blind person, by some amazing feat, was able to work that Rubik's Cube until it was that all four sides were, all six sides rather, were perfectly formed. He said, that's just one element of it. Take blind men and line them up shoulder to shoulder and fill up the entire solar system and give them all Rubik's Cubes. 
And you take them and you tell them that they need to work those Rubik's Cubes and the chance of them working it successfully until it all is that they all, uh, all at one time, at one moment, come to the exact right solution at the exact same moment. That's the probability that one simple protein molecule happened by accident. When we think about that, that's one protein molecule. You know what it is? A single cell of budding yeast, a living organism. You know how many cells there are? There are 90 to 140 million proteins per cell. 20,000 protein-coding genes in a single cell there are in your body today, 100 billion cells. My brain's not equipped to handle those kind of numbers. I don't know what that means, but I know that it is to tell you that the sum and the probability of those things are zero. Folks, design demands a designer. Some might argue from this and talking about this and our genes. And they'll say, you know what? Our genes are 96% similar with the apes. Do you know that? We share 96% of the same genes as we do with the apes. And they'll say, see, we are evolved from the apes. It's kind of like me saying, all right, I see that this large blue sheet has the same kind of little bumps that the green sheet does. You know what that means? That means that this piece evolved from this piece. Or this piece came from the same vat of plastic as this piece. You know what? It can also indicate that commonality of design also indicates commonality of designer. It may not necessarily be that these were evolved from one another, but more so that they had a common designer. If I were to go and find the architect that designed this church building, and I were to go and find him, I'd ask him why, why it is that we're having problems with the, with the roof. But I might also ask him, show me some of the other artworks that you, or show me some of the other buildings that you designed. You know what I might find? There might be other common characteristics about this building and this building design. Does that mean that one is, is, is uh, similar for one another, one involved from one another? No, it can be that it was the same designer all along. Understand this also. Scientists at uh, British and by, uh, by and large uh, evolutionist societists tell us that, you know, one difference or one percent difference is about 35 million differences. If there's four percent of genes that we don't share with the apes, 1% of those is about 35 million differences. So you're looking at several million differences just with common DNA. Point number three is the word order. Order. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 1. Thus the heavens and all the earth and the host of them were finished. It's not a work still in progress. It's not something that's still continually happening. It is something that we can take to the bank that it is the bag is sealed, so to speak. The bag is sealed. I need some random forces. John, would you come on up here just for a minute and serve as my random forces? I'm going to give you this bag. And if I were to give you 100 million years, what I want you to do, John, is for as long as you can, I want you to try and crush and pull and push and, and shake. And maybe if we had a, a heat lamp up here or something, or maybe a refrigerator, you could cool, you could heat. I want you to crush that bag, and I want you to do it in a way that, uh, that it is that um, the entire thing comes together, and I want it to be completely a functioning model. All right, go. How long do I have to do 
How long does he have to do this? What do you think? Kids, if I gave him, you know, it's, John, it shouldn't take you that long. There's only 48 pieces in this Velociraptor uh, uh, playpen, okay? I don't, I don't know why that was a Lego uh, bag of choice. How long do you think it's going to take him to do that? Before it is that everything it comes together in the Velociraptor playpen is fit for Velociraptor inhabitants. What do you think, John? I don't think I could do it if he took it out of the package. <laughs> That's an honest answer. Don't think he could do it even if he took it out of the package. 48 pieces. I can crush, I can pull, I can move, I can shake, I can do anything I want to. Random forces. Remember, we came here by random ineptness. And I'm looking at this. And I'm looking at this bag, and I'm saying all of this is going to form something one day. Two truths I can't get around, and two truths that we ignore when we talk about this in terms of this. Folks, realize this, number one, random chance does not produce order. It's random for a reason. You roll the dice, and you make sure that your kids don't just spill them out of their hands like that, because they're trying to affect the outcome. Random doesn't try and affect the outcome. Random is just random. Random doesn't try to, to move things in a certain direction. It just happens. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing, folks, that I believe just blows most of the scientific arguments for the lack of the existence of God out of the water. Here's the idea. Random chance doesn't stop being random just because I'm ready for it to. Imagine, by some chance, John got the exact right piece in the exact right spot. And it's stuck there. Have the random forces stopped? Have the random forces quit? Well, what if that piece broke off and moved away from that, uh, that thing? How does that random force know the fact that that's finished? How does that random force know the fact that that piece is in the exact right spot as it needs to be in order for there to be this design? It doesn't. Folks, in the idea of order, we've got to understand that John has intelligence. It could be that he, with his intelligent mind, began trying to affect the outcome and looking in here and seeing if I could maybe uh, fix this and put this point part uh, right here. Well, this is just 48 pieces. You're talking about the entirety of the matter in the entire known universe, and you're going to say that all these random forces were pushing and pulling and crushing and created just the perfect scenario for us to be here. But here's the question. Now looking at this, why are those random forces not still being random? Why are those random forces not still working on you and me in order to try and still be random? You know what, I can count on the fact that the Lord lets the day come tomorrow is that the sun's going to rise. You know what's going to happen tomorrow evening? The sun's going to crash into the earth. That would be random. What I know is the logical progression that that sun's going to set, just like it has for the entirety of the time being here. It is that we know this to be true, folks. It takes intelligence in order to create a desired result. God knew that we would be here studying this tonight. God knew what it would take to put humanity and their purpose exactly so. And that's what God did. Word number four is the word goodness. Goodness. And God saw that it was good. Repeat it again. Verse four, verse 10, verse 12, verse 18, verse 21, verse 25. You know what I can do tonight? 
I can open this up, and I may do this a little later as kind of a uh, unwinding exercise. I'm going to open up this Velociraptor playpen, and I'm going to maybe get the instruction manual out, and I'm going to assemble it. And as I assemble it, you know what I'm going to say? The Lego makers made this exactly right. What would happen if I open up the Velociraptor playpen and I found a Lincoln log? What would happen if I open up the Velociraptor playpen and I found a tiddlywink? Y'all don't know what those are, right? They're a thing, okay? What if it is I open up the Velociraptor playpen and I found, I don't know, a Vespa? I would look at that and I would say, this doesn't belong here. This is not right. This is not good. And in fact, if it was that I was missing parts, if I didn't have the exact right pieces, I may write a scathing rebuke on Amazon about these people and about the fact that they were inept to create this, what I thought was getting, that I was getting and that was going to be good. You know what? There's nothing that's missing from us physically. There's nothing that's missing from creation, creationally. It is that we have within us absolutely a desire for the eternal, a desire for God, as we mentioned at the very beginning. But as far as the earth and all that's in it, if we look at it, we know that God created it, and he made all of these pieces in order to fit together. So much so that it doesn't matter what the Lego model is, it doesn't matter how many pieces it is in that package, I know that it all fits together. And so it is that we can go out and we can enjoy the beauty of creation and we can look and say, look at how gorgeous this is. Look at how it all fits. You don't have any random pieces. You don't have anything that's just kind of floating out there and just, just being, uh, being awkward. God made it all good. And he made it that way because that's his nature. That's who he is. Last word this evening is the word simplicity. Simplicity. God said, and it was so, repeated again, verse 9, verse 11, verse 15, verse 24, verse 30. I can open up that Lego bag. You know what I'm going to find? I'm going to find a blueprint for how everything is made. So it is that with the simplest process, the Lego designers have said, this is how this fits with this, and this is how it fits with this, and this is how it fits with this, until it is that I have a fully functioning Velociraptor playpen. I know that's what I always wanted. And I look at it and I say, this is the right construction. These are the right pieces. This is the right model. And it's simple. Folks, I really hate, in a lot of respects, doing research for these type of lessons and seeing what it is that men have tried to reason without God. You know why it is that we're fighting some of the battles that we're fighting today? You know why it is that you can go in and in a lot of job interviews and find questions like this? Sexual, uh, sexual orientation, lesbian, gay, bisexual, queer, straight, something else, declined to answer. Look at the down at the bottom of the corner. Gender identity, male or man, female, woman, trans male, trans man, trans female, trans woman, gender queer, gender nonconforming, something else. Designing to answer. And we look at it and, and you almost have to laugh because if you don't, you're going to cry. Why is it that we've lost the basic building blocks of how God made us as male and female? In the very beginning, he created a male and female. We're fighting these things because you know why? We have neglected the fact and people have tried to remove God out of their knowledge. All of this is Romans chapter 1. God knew that's what was going to logically lead to this. And so we ask questions like, how do you identify? Do you identify as a, a cheese sandwich? Do you identify as a, as a, a gender trans or gender queer? Or, or, or how do you identify? 
We've got people that are looking and saying, well, you know, she identifies as a male, so I guess, yeah, she can be in the Boy Scouts. Why? Because they didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. Because they started from a false premise. Brothers and sisters, we look at our lives and we look at our lives as Christians. You realize that at one time, scientists began with a semblance of order. And you know what they looked at it as? They started from the worldview and said, we know God made this. We don't know how it works. But we know God made this. And because we're working from this frame of mind, scientific advances started moving in those directions. Scientific advances were making, were, uh, were being made. Now, because we start with the premise, there is no God, now it is that we're kind of stagnating as far as our scientific understanding goes. So it's just a chance occurrence. We can't put the picture together because we don't acknowledge there was a painter. We can't put the design together because we don't acknowledge the fact that there was a designer. And here's the question people can't come to grips with. Here's the reason why they try and get God out of the knowledge. Because they can't reason from the fact that if there is an intelligent designer, he's going to have expectations of me. I don't want there to be an intelligent designer because I want to feel like I'm the master of my own fate. I'm the captain of my own ship. And there is none except me. Brothers and sisters, we can reason from Genesis chapter 1. And we can acknowledge the fact that these are not just children's stories. And from Genesis chapter 1, we can acknowledge, yes, there is a God. Yes, he does have demands of us. And yes, brothers and sisters, we will all stand before our creator one day. Are you ready for that day to come? Are you ready to understand the full power of God's wrath? If you are outside of Christ, there's nothing that's saving you from that. If it is that you are outside of Christ and you have repeatedly denied the invitations to accept the gospel message, that Jesus Christ paid the debt so that you didn't have to, that Jesus Christ faced the fullness of God's wrath on the cross so that you who can be covered by his blood don't have to face that wrath. Our God created this world. He did create it good, but you know what? The Bible tells us there's one day, one day, he's going to send Jesus Christ back. And this world and all that's in it is going to be rolled up like an old garment cast aside. Peter would say that the earth and the heavens and all that are in it will melt away with a fervent heat. You know what all is going to matter at that point? Your relationship with your God. Are you ready to meet him? If not, why not? Let's stand and sing our invitation song.